everyone and welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. Uh, this week we are announcing our retirement going into round 23 so we can go out on a high and never be seen again. My name is Alistair, as always joined by Jack. How yeah. you doing? Oh, I'm here. Um, <laughs> it's weird the number of finals bound teams players that have announced their retirement. Before, just get, like, just get it out, of the way. Like out of the way. Don't you never know what's going to happen. Don't derail the campaign. Um, I don't know if you saw the footage of uh, Mundy's daughter in the team meeting yesterday. I didn't, no. Telling off uh, just a long meal for swearing during the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. I really liked it. Um, I feel like Mundy's kids have probably been around football long enough yeah. to hear enough swearing for a lifetime, probably. Yeah, she's, she's like, hey! <laughs> he's like, sorry, my bad. And the next lad he said he started with a swear, she's like, I heard that! <laughs> long, meal look, long meal looks like a swearer to yeah. me. Behind oh, yeah. closed door, he's letting them loose. Oh, absolutely. When, when those games get into tight situations, there's definitely um, oh. bombs flying in that box. I believe it. Um, votes. It's me first. It's you first. It's first. I feel like it changes each week, but uh, we're never ready for it. We're always we're always like, you know, it's not me. It can't be me. And it always is. It I think always. we just don't want to go first. I think that's always <laughs> what it is. It's hard when you go first. Um, my one vote this week is to Nick Haynes. Ah, same. <laughs> uh, he had a great game. Uh, yes. He and Taylor almost willed GWS to the most unlikely of victories yes. in that game. Um, he had 15 marks, five of them were intercepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, another two intercepts was on top of that. The Bulldogs' forward line barely scored. Like, they're actually yeah. forwards, and those two were brilliant. It's a bit late in the season to see Haynes hitting his straps, but um, he... he's. I've always liked him as a defender. Um, it's been hard to have a good year at GWS this year, I think. Yes, but... although there's been a couple. Um, he, played a, he played a real accumulating halfback marking role, which is something you don't see. They basically kicked it to him at any opportunity and he distributed it pretty well. Uh, I think he had 600-odd metres yeah, gained really and I think he kicked a goal. I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, he had some really good uh, skills and decision-making off halfback and it's a real shame they lost. It was. It would have been good for you. It would have been great for me. <laughs> it would have been great. The, the only thing that I can say is, like, they also helped that they stayed close. Yeah. Because now if it's only one goal each way, Bulldogs still might not make finals on percentage. Hey, and if the percentage is the same, can't look, get in because if win, they beat them earlier. It will be close because we know that's how it works. Ugh, don't, I didn't want to talk about it. Um, uh, cool. So you can go straight into two because yeah, that's Two votes was from the same game. Oh, interesting. to a boy we love. Oh. was to Ed Richards. Okay. Well, I'm just going to spoil it. I've given Ed Richards three votes. Three? Okay. So I'm just jumping one ahead because I um, want to talk about Ed Richards. He just keeps going. Um, he's a he's a gun. <laughs> his intercept and running game is so strong. He had 24 touches in that, and nine of them were intercepts. 575 meters game. Yep. It was the most in the ground again. Typical for him though, because he just keeps doing that. I think he had six rebound fifties and three inside fifties, and then just threw in five spoils. He was everywhere. Time. I think my thing about Ed Richards that I like the most is he's tough as hell. Yeah, and you saw it especially in the last quarter. I think I sent you a text saying GWS probably would have won that if Ed Richards wasn't a gun. Yeah, um, he was throwing himself at contests, oh, even him. just impacting them enough to get the ball loose. A uh, great game from him, and without either of the players we've just talked about, I think it's like comfortable that it would have been a three or so goal victory the other way. Like they were both very, yeah. very good. Probably. Um, but yeah, love Ed Richards. Um, I guess I'll let you do your two. Yeah, I'll quickly go into my two. No one saw it coming. Harrison Petty. Oh, uh, yeah, he was you, good. You look at his stats and you go, woof, barely touched it, but he no, blanketed Kerno completely. Yeah. Um, um, and he got a goal on him in the last quarter, but not enough to displace that performance. I think it's he had eight spoils um, on Kerno alone, and obviously not the most spoils in that game, but uh, yeah, 
Petty made the knocked um, him. knocked him for six. Petty made the Coleman race interesting mm. until Cameron pulled out. <laughs> don't don't count out Tom, Tom Lynch. Lynch. Tom Lynch could absolutely kick like eight goals or something this weekend. He needs ten, doesn't he? I think to win it. He needs ten. Which I'm I mean, sure. if anyone can do it at the moment, it's him. He oh, is. Depends on what Essendon we get. Do they have a coach? The form player of the competition. Like, it's a form forward of the competition this I would year. agree. Had he not, one, got suspended and two, got injured, he'd probably be five or six goals in front. I can't wait for Richmond fans to talk about, you know, an asterisk on the yeah, 2022 like, oh, well, you know, He should be medal. all Australian because he's got the most average goals. Um, I think that's dropped now, hasn't it? Oh, it'll, it'll stay up because of the eight. Before yeah. that, it was yeah, it had dropped down. Yeah. Now he's up to like 3.5 or something. Again. Yeah. Uh, my three votes mm-hmm. was Callum Wilkie. Yeah. Um, he was very, very good. It was 11 marks and 22 disposals. His second highest disposal tally for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but also another seven spoils. I love seeing that combination game. You see the intercepts and the spoils. He lost zero of six contested one-on-ones. Well, there you go. Um, he's having a quietly brilliant year. and I, think I don't think it's quiet. St Kilda would be lucky to be even close to where they are without him down back. I would agree with that. Especially that patch of the season that had no Howard. Um, he and Sinclair have been real uh, shoring players for their defence. Absolutely. Uh, Imagine if Maxine could kick straight. Well, it would be different. Um, that would We've been saying that for a couple of years now, haven't we? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but uh, Wilkie has been fantastic. And if he's not in the squad at yeah. minimum... Oh, I totally agree. There. It'll be a rot. Not many defenders have had a con- as consistent of a season yeah. as he has. Like- and you, you see flashes. Like, each each of the big guns have had starts. Like, Wiedering yeah. was big at the start, and so was Sicily. May was really Collins good through the, the middle. Barassi Collins, the middle. Barass at the end. Wilkie's been good the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. He has just been... Like, he probably hasn't reached the peaks any of the others have, but yeah. his consistency has been incredible. Absolutely. He's just so reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's my three. I think I have to jump straight into my four now. Because you do. You've already done your two and three. My four was Lewis Young. Okay. Um, wow. Like, what? Wow. Yeah, I'm was... going to I'm gonna just go ahead and say Lewis Young was my five. Was so, five? Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how he got made look a bit silly a couple of weeks in a row, mm-hmm. looked a little bit experienced. He's totally wrestled that back. He was really yep. good against Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked a bit about it, how he played a stronger game against them. And it was probably a career-best game for him, I think, on the weekend. Well, it has to be when you get the most spoils ever in a game, most right? Most spoils ever, but also um, added another 1% in there as well. Yeah. Um, Don't know what it was, but... Nine marks, three of them were contested. Five of them were intercepts. Nine contested defensive one-on-ones and only lost one of them. Twelve intercepts in Twelve total. Twelve intercepts for the game. He was a rock down there. Uh, it was and crazy. And Brown... I, went goalless as well, which yeah. helps. But it wasn't even the fact that Ben Brown went goalless. It was everything else he was doing. He was coming and chopping out for the other defenders and taking those yeah. marks. He, It's one of those ones where you hate to say, um, you know, thanks for injuries. But without the injuries mm-hmm. happened to Carton at the start of this year, he wouldn't have been able to become quite the force he has because he would have always been that third or that depth player. He played weeks as the first, and he's now playing comfortably as the second defender in that side. I think had Liam Jones continued, he would be playing. He would have been playing ruck for most of yeah, this year. Yeah, um, which I know he didn't he want to do. Pretty but, upset about. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a an interesting one, and I think the fact that you know I've been frustrated by it the last couple of weeks, where it seems his only instinct is to spoil. Now he's spoiling and marking, yes. which is yeah. perfect. He, what is that? Nine marks, twenty four spoils. That's over thirty. Influences that have stopped. Like the, the goal balls yeah. that have come in that he has prevented from mm-hmm. being able to be in the possession of the other team. Yeah. Really good stuff. Um, he's just priming as a, a really, really good defender. Um, and in the age bracket with Weedering, that should be exciting pretty that good. He's another one through that core for Carlton that are in the right bracket. Um, Cripps, because he started playing good football so young, he's younger than I think most people think. 
He's 27. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I think most people have him around that 30 mark mentally. Um, yeah, he's probably got the, the shoulders got the body of, of a 30-year-old. 30 30 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like if he can maintain the body of a 30-year-old for a few more years <laughs> and then start getting older <laughs> than that, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, look at the rest of that course in that middle and they're all quite young, so mm. it is good. Um, but yeah, great game. Uh, so I guess I'll go with my four, which I'm giving to no surprise. Probably going to win it, Tom Barras. Tom Barras by five. Yeah, he has, yeah. I, think, I thought so. <laughs> I think on that, I, I was looking. I think if you gave him three or three, four or five this week, he takes like an unassailable lead. Um, Can someone get a ten and he I'm gets not a zero? Sure. You're I'll not sure. It. We'll have to um, find out. It would be anticlimactic if we knew this week. He's getting real close to clinching that All-Australian blazer. He has to. Year, especially with the fact that his recent efforts will be in the, defense, in the judges' minds. Mm-hmm. 20 touches, 12 of them were marked, three contested, nine intercepts. Um, barely got lost to one-on-one and kept Lob goalless. And Lob's been a real threat. Hold on, hold on. You're missing his most important stat. He got one hit out. Got one hit out. He, he did. got one hit yeah. out. But also kept Lob goalless, which has been hard, hard to year. do this year. Yeah. Especially in the second half when Tappan has been failing yeah um most of them west coast came for a fight and it was really good to see it was a scrap um i i thought the comments from kane corns during the week were so stupid he was like i had such a poor season um them being you know in the scraps and that was just silly and it's like you can't win in that right like if you if you if you're exactly right if you're the team that goes in in west coast position and doesn't get into those scraps, you're weak and you don't care about football. But yeah. then when you do, it's embarrassing because you're so shit anyway. Like, Kane Corns was going to have a go at them either way, so yeah, it didn't matter was, what they did. there was no winning. I, I liked it. I thought that they came to play a derby, and that was what they set themselves up for. Um, Freo were just a better side. Um, I distinctly remember when Essendon were at their worst this season. They came out and got into a couple of fist fights, and everyone was saying, it's too little, too late. But then their season turned around. So, I don't know. They won, like, what, six of eight games or something? And yeah. Yeah, it's it's just silly. But yeah, um, he was really good. I, I feel like we've said enough about Tom Brass over yeah. the last five weeks that... I don't think he can do much more at no, the moment. He's no. just playing brilliant football. It started really, I thought, with that Geelong game. We both talked about it. Um, he did a really good job on Hawkins. Yeah. Um, and pr- Which, turned what was a cavalcade of inside 50s for Geelong into not much. To be fair, I'm not even sure that Tom Hawkins is Tom Brass's defined no, like type. No. So it's even more impressive. Um, I had two special mentions this week. <laughs> I have none because have I none. didn't prepare very well. Excellent. Uh, one of mine was James Sicily. Um, he had 30 disposals and was clearly Hawthorne's best player, but that wasn't hard. No. Hawthorne were really poor. His kicking didn't really go anywhere. A few of them did turn over. And I just thought that his endeavour was really, really good. And he kicked a goal. And he kicked a goal, <laughs> which which gets him points off in this. Yeah. Um, so no votes for him. Um, my other one was Colin Ashney. Um, I really want to sneak him a vote for that game. He is, I think, having... Uh, about the best month of his career. He's had a few really good weeks in a row. No shockers this way. He kept Levi Casbolt to one disposal and four metres gained. Look, look. <laughs> it's and, happened before. <laughs> oh, I know, I know that, but it was just a really impressive effort. Um, and he intercepted really well because in the last few weeks we've been trying to run with Stewart, so he's just been taking those intercepts that Stewart would be. Yeah. Um, and no, no clangers. He ran at like 95% disposal efficiency two weeks in a row. I mean, Which means that I've jinxed him, and in the oh, qualifying God. final, he's absolutely going to have a turnover that results in a goal or something. But, would be very Geelong, wouldn't it? Um, no, I, I think he's playing really good football for someone who you know I've talked a bit of shit about in the past. <laughs> I've always loved him as a defender, but his disposal often lets him down. I don't know. I feel like issue. watching Geelong this this year. I feel like uh, sorry, Zathri's gone past him. Oh, I agree. Um, which is something if you said to a Geelong fan two years ago, they would have stabbed but you it in would the depend, eye. It would depend on the role. If you were picking for a final, like if you wanted someone to lock down, you're picking Colin because he yeah. does that better. But if you want someone to play 
possibly on the wing and up the ground if you need to. It's Guthrie. Yeah. He's, he's a much more complete footballer. Guthrie. And boy, would I prefer him kicking out of the back line. Not for goal, though. He's a terrible kick for goal, Guthrie. <laughs> Is he? Do you remember, he's kicked some shockers. I remember his first goal he kicked was a shocker, but he's yeah. kicked a couple of good ones this year. Oh, well, clearly I haven't been paying enough attention. Geelong kicked goals and my eyes yeah. glaze over. Um, <laughs> this weekend, Saturday is shaping up to be one of the most pointless days of football I can remember. Um, what are you talking about? Unless the showdown is interesting. North Melbourne Gold Coast at Docklands, 12.10pm. <laughs> is that Western Standard Time? Yeah, it's all out. 12.10pm. 12.10. Can't wait for that midday feast. I don't know, there's, there's, a, there's a derby. Friday night. Oh, sorry, a showdown. A showdown. Well, so barring a bit of showdown, Biffo. Even that game, Port should win comfortably. Um, uh, fr- no, no. Friday night looks exciting. And all three of Sunday's games are interesting in terms of how they shape the finals. There's not much looking at Saturday that I care about. Your team's playing. That is true. And it's the least I've cared about a Geelong game this year. I don't know, man. North Melbourne versus Gold Coast, Docklands, 12, 10 p.m. Well, I mean, that seems pretty Gold good. Co- North could hand West Coast the spoon if they win it. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting. And obviously, I don't think West Coast is going to beat Geelong unless Geelong completely phone it in at the selection table and just rest everyone. Yeah. Um, playing mid season draftees. I was about to say, where everyone gets COVID. Did you see there was COVID fines handed out? I today? did. I did. Five teams. I looked Sid- through. Sydney, Sydney the worst. The worst. Um,. What were they doing? I think that well, they weren't testing their players enough. So every club's supposed to be testing okay. constantly throughout the year. I don't know if they're rats or PCRs, but Do you reckon there's the potential that they didn't test players. One of their players had COVID and gave it across to another team, which affected the result of the game. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, yeah, round three. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's when Geelong played them. No, if it, I, mean, I feel like that would have been the most COVID-tested game after the yeah, entire there was crowd. About ran Seven thousand people on the ground. Um. Yeah, it was a, it was a um, the weekend was kind of boring in terms of every game went the way. Oh, like obviously there was some. Close I thought games. you were talking about boring weekend. We, we're not even on Clarko Gate. Essendon Clarko, Clarko Gate. Gate. Oh well, he's not going to GWS. He confirmed I've that today. I've heard. I've heard as much. Staying in Melbourne. Um, Essendon. I mean, he could coach GWS from Melbourne. I just love that it was Essendon has sacked their coach, and everyone at Essendon was like, "What? When?" We haven't even we haven't even spoken to him. I this feel game like yet. I feel like behind closed doors, like Rutten is gone. Yeah. Rutten is gone. Um, and I could be wrong. And I have to wonder if they maybe went. We're not going to do it now, just to make the media look silly. Like we'll do it post season. That would be a very Essendon thing. I think that's Dodoro behind closed doors. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Or Sheedy running the. Uh, <laughs> well, now they're doing an external investigation as well as an internal investigation. Why do both? I don't know. Well, maybe the internal ones. They, hold on. Wasn't the story that they'd done the internal oh, review okay. and that. Uh, is it Paul Brasher? Is that, is that the guy who down? just left? Yeah. Not stepped down. No, gone. Yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty sure his internal review said everything's good. Carry on. And, and that, that's where the incoming president has gone, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not happy about this. And I think, according to what I read, Sheedy was the swing vote that got the old president removed. Oh, okay. This could be complete bullshit. I'm not sure. It's just what I read online. Interesting. Um. Which just makes me think it's a Have you ever seen a, a smoke screen? Do anything? Hmm? Adelaide had one and it resulted in we've moved on from the camp. Uh, Carlton? Collingwood had Literally one and that year? didn't remove oh, I can't think that one, that's right. Yeah. And they Collingwood had one and that didn't remove any everyone. And that had to wait for more drama to happen. That had to wait until after the review when he came out and said more dumb racist shit in the media yeah, yeah, yeah. for him to step down. Like, most of these club reviews, it just feels like it's like, what are you even doing it for? It's just to make the members happy, Well, right? Collingwood's like, was internal. It was. And I'm pretty sure Adelaide's was as well. 
Adelaide's was because Mark Rusciuto. I think internal reviews are pointless because North people are just going to project quit. project their protect their jobs. Yeah, um, you have to do it external, otherwise it's it's gutless. And when an external review happens, change happens. Like yeah. for example, Carl's the only one I can think of off the top of my turnover. head. Um, CEO, uh, president, coach, coach. Yeah. like the big three, and pretty much all the assistant coaches too, um, except for the good ones. <laughs> uh, I still think. It's just a big smoke screen, right? They, yeah. they, Clarko in the news, heard in the sheets. That's, that's what's going on. <laughs> um, I read an article last week on the A4 website that referenced the Chapman spoil. What's the Chapman spoil? Heath Chapman, round one. Oh, yes. And I think it's so cool that 20 weeks after a spoil, we're yep. still talking about it. Like yep. I feel like that's never happened, despite the fact that I think... I thought you meant Paul Chapman. I thought, like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, I don't know if he was much of a spoiler. <laughs> this sounds like something that you would bring up, though. No. Um, you don't I remember round Daniels... 13 of 2009 when Paul Chapman spoiled Stephen Baker? Blah, 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 blah. That sounds like something you'd say. Um, I think Bales was better. Oh, in terms of having to be perfect and not hit the body... And it's a better spoil, but it's not as impactful. Their season a lot. It did, but I don't think it's as impactful. Yeah, because Heath Chapman's spoil was the end. It won the game. It was yeah. the end. It didn't just win the game a few minutes later. It won the game in that moment. Yeah. Um, although, don't get me wrong, Bailey Dale's spoil was fantastic. Fantastic. It's one of my highlights of the year. It's probably a top two spoil of the year. <laughs> Those two. <laughs> Those two. <laughs> um. I haven't done this yet, and I was meant to do it a couple weeks ago, uh, but shout out to James Harms for replying to my really stupid Instagram and Twitter posts. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which, if you're listening to this and you haven't yes, seen it, I made a post on Twitter and Instagram about the tattoos on his hands because I saw a random hand in a photo of Max Gorn, and I had no idea whose it was, and I was very confused by the tattoos. I had to like reverse image search it and go to Getty Images and find out who it was. You reversed image searched it? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. And I got the answers, so that's nice. Because you know what I'm like, and that stuff stays in my head, and I would have been wondering what the hell it meant for ages. So it's nice that I got, like, closure um, on that one. Good lad. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Harmsy. (laughs) And then he's been, like, the emergency ever since. You ruined Um, his career. Well, my thing was, it was hours before the game that I posted it, being like, I'm sure he can't reply today because he's got a game. And it was immediately after the game ended. He got his phone back and replied. Yeah. Good stuff. They're banned from their phones. Yeah, yeah, but like, that's what I mean. Like, he got it back in the first thing that was on Instagram and saw a random post from a football podcast and replied to it. Who was it that got subbed out of a game and immediately went and grabbed their phone? Was it Dugowie? Dugowie? It was Dugowie when he he got, did the shoulder. Yeah. And then grabbed his phone straight away. Yeah. I remember that was a controversy. Nothing came about. Like all of the Dugowie controversies. (laughs) Um, I saw a thing today and it was seeing that Robbie Gray had also now retired. Just like us. Um, just like us. And I was looking at the 2015 Brownlow medal. This is a very me thing to look at oh. randomly. And the top 25 players, which was technically 28 players, thanks to seven people being tied on 22 votes, 18 were still on AFL list this year. Four have retired this year. And four you are didn't... very likely to retire maybe this year, which is Hannabury, Selwood, Cochin, and Goldstein. And then there's another six or so that have maybe one year left in the Fife, Dangerfield, Martin, Callum Ward, Boak and Penderbury list. There's a lot going from that top count there. Both Kennedys obviously It's been seven years. To, to finish top ten in a Brownlow, you're probably in your mid to late 20s. Like, yeah. th- th- I don't, I hate to put you yeah, down, but this really like, isn't news. Look, <laughs> I, I found it interesting. Um, 
I just I think I feel like to me, which is the Kennedy and Gray featured in so many of those counts for so long. There was a ridiculous stat about, and we've talked about. They've Robin been Gray two of the best players for their club the for the last ten years of all time, and there was a ridiculous list of um, games where Robbie Gray has put his team in front in red time in the last quarter. Did you see? Did you see his retirement image on AFL? Was, was it him Carlton? against Carlton? That was a ridiculous goal. Like, Tom, I didn't tear my hair out over that one. Different game, but still, <laughs> I remember that. That was a celebration hair tear, though. That wasn't yeah. a. That was a. You went to fist pump, but your hands were in. <laughs> still paying for it. Um, we've got one week left. The tops, well, between five and six, can move around a lot. That's the big space to watch. Then, obviously, Bulldogs and Carlton around eighth. Are you saying that spot five and six can swap? Sorry, between two and six. <laughs> no, it was like the five spots between two <laughs> okay. and six. Is what I was okay. going to say. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I feel like Sydney is the team. They're on really fire. Watch. They are in incredible form. They're the only team that can beat Collingwood, so. That's true. Um, I, f- I feel like they've also got a, a one, their record at the SCG has turned around. They had a few bad years there. They've won seven in a row. And if they win against St Kilda on the weekend, they are Which basically they better. guaranteed two home finals. Uh, and that's huge. That'll get them pretty much to. That pretty much sets them up for a grand final. Yeah. Um, um, and it'll be interesting to see where they finish in this round. And that's one of the ones that's most important. Uh, because if they beat St Kilda, they finish second. That could change whoever is third. Finals chances. Yes. Yeah. Um, if it's Brisbane, I didn't give them many chances anyway. It's Frio, it could be a problem for them. Yeah, unless it's perfectly dry. Beautiful day. This is dry season in Sydney as well. I don't trust Sydney weather. <laughs> Me neither. I've been three or four I, times I a, and it's always raining. There was the Women's Cricket World Cup a few years ago and I went on a rampage because an entire semi-final got washed out. <laughs> Just stop hosting important sporting events in Sydney. Stop it. It rains there all the fucking time. Take it another level. No more sport in Sydney. No more sport in Sydney. No, nothing in Sydney. No, nothing. Nothing. Just politicians run out. Actually, no, leave them there. I don't want them. Uh, yeah, that's true. People who go to Bondi can stay in Bondi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from that. <laughs> you got anything else on your uh, spreadsheet? Oh, I, think, I think I've touched most of it. Um, Adelaide North doing what they did last year and looking like they're showing some form towards the end of the year. You don't trust and them? this time I don't trust it. Last year I came into this season expecting Enjoy. North to not finish bottom. I had Hawthorne for bottom at the start of the year mm-hmm. and I thought Adelaide would be in that. You didn't uh, have Collingwood for bottom at the start of the year? No, I had them in the bottom three though. <laughs> um, and I had Adelaide in that kind of 9 to 13 bracket and they've both not done any win. It's, it's nice to see were. my boy... Uh, Lockie Murphy actually having some great games for Adelaide recently. That's that's been something that I've taken joy in. Big Darcy uh, Fogarty is finally starting to look like a forward. He's, Fogarty's uh, looking all right. His weight around, I, think, I, mean, I, obviously, I mean, I would if I weighed that much. But I think Keys has obviously been a gun for them all year. He's really good again. And I feel like there is a there are a few players. I think Schoenberg's been good the last couple of weeks. Big fan of Schoenberg. Um, I feel like there is promise there, but as he said, same thing happened last year, and it just fell to, fell to shit. Yeah. Well, their first couple of weeks this year looked alright, and it looked promising. It was their middle bracket where they just lost. Mm. I think it was like ten games in a row that really floored them. Um, I do hope they can come back better. I think. For most of our life, Adelaide's been a reasonably strong team, so it's weird to see them just completely floundering. It's been the longest they've been outside of finals since their inception, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, because they came straight in, yep. play, won those two back-to-back premierships. Mm. Even when yeah, when Brisbane and Port were dominating, they were in the top eight. When West Coast and Sydney were dominating, usually they were finishing top, and West Coast and Sydney were finishing second and third because we got both qualifying and grand finals in those years. Yeah. Um, and even in recent times, obviously... They made that first Richmond grand final and then 
happened there, but it's just there's been no recovery. I feel like it's, there's not a lot of clubs that come out of a scandal that big. Essendon's a good example. Obviously, Carlton, Carlton. for a long time. Yeah, trade of water. And even, like, Melbourne with the tanking, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It, it did. It was an issue, and there were fines, but nothing really too big. But it took a long Don't time for them to get out of the water. Oh, what, with the illicit drugs? Yeah, they missed, like, two two years of footy and back in. Yeah. They um, they won a spoon in that, like, post. Yeah, they won. Oh, yeah. Did they win one? The, the, the year before, I think, maybe, all the expansion, they might have been, like, 2010 or something, they won one. But hmm. they had a few low finishes. But Interesting. It's definitely not their first if they win it this it'd year. Be, yeah, it was the year the draft we don't know, wasn't it? Would be. Would have been. Would have yeah. been. Um, but, yeah, it's... No, it can't have been, because Melbourne had... Pick one with Watts, and now I know he was two. Yeah, it's a shocking draft, isn't it? <laughs> some teams have made some awful selections. Jack it's Watts the same number as, one pick. It was really funny. I, I heard some someone saying the other day, you know, oh, you know, with with hindsight, you know, uh, McCartan is very clearly a good player. And I'm like, if yeah, he's still not pick one ahead of Petrarca, like, I, no, even that's, playing. That's the thing. Would players are picked in the top, not always based on talents, based on need. Yeah, you're picking Max King because you need a key forward. You're not picking Max King because you need a midfielder. No. Like, people have that, to understand that, yeah. like, there are people taken in the top 10, top 20, top 50 that are picked based on need. And you might think, oh, man, this player was a steal at 13. No, the club might have needed a Ruckman at 13. Well, it's, well, it's like how Geelong managed to draft a Ruckman this year. He wasn't... And that's been happening for years. Brody Grundy was the first yeah. Ruck taken in his draft, and everyone looked over him. Same with Tom DeConey. And it, it was just because... Tom DeConey was picked 30. The top six or seven teams needed a really good midfielder, and by the time it got to teams that... They obviously... The teams that needed Rucks needed mids more, mm. and then everyone before Geelong didn't need a Ruck, because yeah, <laughs> you tell, obviously, Collingwood didn't need one of those. Mm. And it got there, and Conway gets picked up. But that's a big part of it, always. But you're picking Matt Nui over what's I Who did they have back then as their Ruck? Mm, that's a great question. Jeff White? Had they traded Warnock at that point? No. Would it have been Robbie, Rob, Warnock? Robbie Warnock? I mean, Max Gorn would have been drafted at a similar time. Jack Watts, yeah, probably. Very similar But time. he had two ACLs, so he wasn't rocking all yeah. the time. Well, he, he was really late debutant. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that might have been their thing. They might have been, oh, we've got a rock on the list. We've drafted another one. Let's pick Watts and Trengrove. And I mean, in hindsight, Trengrove didn't work out, but I can see why. Well, I mean, and we saw that season. I can see season. why they picked him. We saw that season from Watts at Port mm. before he did his ankle, where he showed that he is a very good footballer. Before he became it's just addicted to tanking Melbourne yeah. was well, tears and swimming. <laughs> I wasn't going to say hey, it. Not, it's, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. It's not defamatory if it's true and admitted. The white substance, however, unconfirmed. Unconfirmed, believed to be a popular non-drug substance thought of the Oktoberfest in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the That was my favourite right football scandal, I think. It's up there. Because it was so harmless. It was just Jack Watts being like, man, I love alcohol, titties, <laughs> a little bit of white powder. And I mean, power to him. Oh, I mate, don't think if, there's too much in that. If I was earning the money maybe don't text as co-captain of Melbourne and yeah. then like being traded to Port, like... Must have felt like prison. Got him. <laughs> he had some demons. Um, boy. That's what's happening. That's what this podcast is 22 weeks into the year. They've recovered, though, as a team. Melbourne, they're back. Yeah, I just said we were just talking Goodwin, about that. Goodwin would love Jack Watts. He would. 
uh, according to rumors. But it took them how long after like oh, legitimately yeah. tanking? Like, and I mean, they also a, did, a decade and a half. I want to say didn't win a premiership after 1964 either. But they, well, yeah. Oh, here's a fun fact for yeah. you. I am not entirely sure what the exact stat is, but if Geelong win the premiership this year and uh, Stanley is playing for them, yes. there will be more ex St Kilda premiership players than there will be St Kilda premiership players. Oh, that's... It's depressing, isn't that's it? That's really sad. Was it? Was there 20? I think so. I'm not exactly sure of the number. It might already be that there's more. <laughs> I, I do feel it's a weird thing to have told any Geelong supporter a few years ago, but Stanley is pretty crucial now to Geelong's Premiership hopes. He's playing. Uh, I'm still not sure Chris, Chris Scott's Good convinced football. of that. <laughs> He's thrown a salva down back in the hopes of getting him back in the side because that's what Geelong needs, more tall defenders. Um, I don't – and I know a lot of forwards go back to, to rejuvenate their careers, but I don't see it with Radicalia. He's just so awkward. I like the big rat up forward. I don't like his kicking for goal. There's no, a couple I, of Geelong I, players I, I don't like the kicking. If he could maintain the talent he has when his confidence is up, he'd be great. I've seen it in a couple of games. I've been watching on KO in the middle of a pub somewhere because yeah. it's a Geelong game and I'm not too interested. I'll turn it on and he'll just kick three and I'm like, oh, okay. He'll like crash right. a pack and then take three contested marks. He's like, oh, where's this been the rest of your career? And then he disappears for five weeks yep. and kicks like one goal in the next five games. Um, and I, there's been so many forwards like that over the years, and there will be so many more. I think that's just mm. we need to get the tall blokes. Who just, just tall. I just love that they got him. Rugby players. Radicalui. Thanks, BT. BT. Of course it was. Um, yeah, it's a, I don't think he comes back here. I mean, that's what Segler was picked up for, right? Like for specifically this situation, yeah, they didn't expect him to do a knee before the season started, but um, he's fit at the right time of the year, I guess. Yeah. Well, how long is Stanley going to be out for? Well, they, they, they're hopefully back for the first final. They think it's only a one or two-week injury. Okay. Um, same with Cameron. But Cameron, I'm much more iffy on considering he's had hamstrings. Was it three hamstrings in one year last, last year? year? Yeah, uh, so that one's a bit more worrying. And he got subbed out with a hamstring against Essendon in round one. Yeah. Um, which was uh, hamstring awareness. I just I distinctly remember that and going, oh, no, is this going to be the Yeah, then he came out the next week and like six, apart. and I was like, never mind, it's yeah. all good. And he's won- winning games off his own boots, so I don't um, think it matters. But, yeah, I think that... Stanley should be fine. Um, once again, like it was a port game, they subbed him off and he was just sitting there like relaxed on the bench, like arms on his side, big smile on his face. And you don't see that much from a player whose season might be over. Depends. Some Although Rick Stanley does just seem like a nice lad. I don't really think he gives too much of a shit about football. I don't think I've seen much emotion from him, him ever. Except for that one game when someone stole shot in his lawn that morning. No, I've heard that story. Against the Bulldogs and he went out and destroyed Tim English. And I, I remember before that game, I was like, well, if... Geelong can break even everywhere else on the ground. I feel like with English and Bulldog midfield, they'll probably beat him there. And then Atkins, Guthrie, and Stanley just <laughs> absolutely destroyed three, the... isn't it? What a wild three to be Imagine thinking. Imagine telling someone that been. a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially Guthrie when most Geelong fans were fuming about his awful kicking off halfback. And that was you. One of the best midfielders in the competition. Um, it was me. It was I, you. I, I would say the same thing now if I watched him do it again. Eat crow. Um, oh, I... Him, Atkins, Collardash, there's a few blokes I've had to do it with, and I'm more than happy to. Um, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the, James uh, Kelly. That, was, that was the Geelong portion Geelong of the portion. podcast. Well, we're not going to do a Carlton portion this week. Uh, I'd rather not. That's the Lewis Young portion. That's the Lewis Young he was portion. Good. Really liked his game. You know what? Shout out to Setterfield, uh, Setterfield and Doherty for being absolute guns when needed to in the middle. Uh, and I want to shout out uh, Owies and Martin. 
and their forward pressure. Martin was really good. If they bring that again this coming week, I'll be very happy. But I feel like will they? my fantasy team and Carlton's finals hopes should also give a shout out to the deliberating panel on the AFL appeals board. <laughs> um, for And also a shout out to Steve Hocking when he was at the AFL for writing the most like obscure definitions of what is suspendable that Carlton could just rock up and be like, but what is intent? What is a bump? Did what you a, say it was a bump? Yeah. I don't think you did. It's like, <laughs> is it intentional and is it a bump? And here's why we think it's not. And then the panel had to be like, in fairness, <laughs> very true. <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining Patrick Cripps sitting on his couch watching a live stream of this tribunal that's going for four hours. I can't even watch a football game. Did you game. see what his first <laughs> comments were? No, I didn't. He got up to the stand and he did the, um, thanks for um, making time for me today. What a lovely boy. What a That's, lovely boy. It's a pretty good joke too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I don't think he reckoned it. Reckoned what a lovely boy. Hours. You only flattened someone and concussed them and they still haven't been cited at training. For reference, as a Carlton fan, two weeks. He oh, should have been gone two for two weeks. weeks. I totally agree. Um, it was the same as where I was saying earlier in the year that Stuart's four weeks was exactly what it should have been. Yep. Um, it's just that Stuart's eyes were on Prestia. Mm-hmm. Whereas Crips run the ball. And yep. for some reason, that's it. Do you know about players that if Trust this rule didn't get changed before the end of the season, oh, did you have someone who did a final? Just like looking at the ball and just <laughs> barreling into someone? I know it's long and it was last year and it was long ago and it doesn't matter, but I just want to walk in with the footage of Lucky Plowman oh. against Yeager O'Meara and just be like, what, what is how, this? How? <laughs> to find this, is this a bump? No. Is, and his yeah, eyes are on the ball. still paying for Rioli getting off. Yeah, well, that's they need to change the the, the, the wording. The wording in the off-season is going to be drastically changed. I think. I don't think the interpretation will, but I think the wording will be because there's no way they can now that the Rioli and Cripps incidents have happened this year, which both should have been weeks. Uh, when Rioli got off, I was, I was shocked. shocked. I couldn't believe it. Uh, we talked about. It. I think it was one of the first things that you about. It, it was one of those. Oh, but Rial didn't get concussed. It doesn't matter. It's no, a well, huge hip and shoulder. It's just, there's some blokes that just don't. There was one a few years ago. I think it was like Finlayson ran through Zach Tui. Yeah, like, Finlayson. He's got a rock for a head, right? <laughs> like, it's, if you could, if you ran into Selwood's head, you're not going to concuss him because remember, there's bricks in there. Do you remember when Josh Bootsma ran through Brad Green and broke his ribs? <laughs> One you, impact Josh Bootsma left on the AFL. Could you imagine having your ribs broken my Josh by Bootsma, a bean pole? <laughs> imagine you're like, imagine you're Brad Green now, you know, and you're 50 and you're retired and it's a cold morning. Like, oh, my ribs hurt. I wonder why they're Bootsma. <laughs> Shocking. Poor Brad Green. Oh. I think he went on to coach Bootsma for at least a season. Really? I think so. He was a bloody good footballer, Brad He was. I, I really liked watching him play. During Melbourne's uh, Nugget Man. worst period. They had a lot of blokes in that team that I just really liked for just showing up every week. Um, a few of them went to Collingwood. Linton Dunn, <laughs> Jeremy Howe. Um, but yeah, and Nathan Jones, we had to love as well. Right? I like Robertson. Yeah. Uze. Well, he was there during the yeah. success, though, as well. He and Robertson. Um, success? Well being dramatically beaten by Essendon in the 2000 grand final <laughs> was their success. Um, it was right. the closest thing they had to success between 1964 and 2000. St Kilda came closer with the draw. So. They did. They did. And they, but they haven't won one yet. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they're going to any time soon. Rough. Brett they Rattin's have got another two years. some real glaring deficiencies in that list. A couple of players getting on in age too, so yeah, we'll see I, where they go. Brad Hill and Zach Jones are such on or off players. Brad I don't want to talk too much. Brad Crouch has been a talking point for years about his effectiveness. He's been all right this He's been year, good. I think. And I want to give shout-outs to a couple of their younger players, especially Windiger, oh, um, who's what a become... Jet. 
the, the competition best tagger in tagger. the competition at 19. Um, yeah, I think they've got, I think, Shaman's showing I like uh, a Charlotte. bit. Looks good down uh, back as well. And there's another one whose name has escaped me. Mitch Owens? Michito Owens. Michito? Yeah, I think he's going all right too. So not all doom and gloom, but yeah. uh, there's definitely some players who are getting paid a little bit too much to do a little too little. And the Hannery bargain. Sorry, bargain. Uh, bargain? <laughs> well, I was going to say... Uh, eight eight uh, games for 800k <laughs> over... F- <laughs> it's a bargain. Bargain. Um, the gamble. So the Hanover gamble has not paid <laughs> off. And it, was, it wasn't at the time a gamble because in his years at Sydney, I think he'd missed like 11 games to injury. So you're not expecting... I think, was, get nothing out I think of it was one of those ones where his last year with Sydney, he did have injuries. Yeah. Right? And then it was like... Sydney just offloaded him, um, which was a bargain for them, considering they got to move probably six, seven 700000 mm-hmm. off their salary cap. And St Kilda have been carrying it since. And uh, no disrespect to Dan Hanabry, he was a great footballer. Um, you saw it when he came back the other week. Yeah. His game and a half were Hanabry at his finest. Yeah. And it's, just, it's just a shame that he immediately got re-injured. And I yeah, mean, and they listed it. Did you say they listed him as managed? He got subbed out at halftime with an ankle injury and he was listed on the team sheet as managed. I don't think anyone gives a fuck. Our team sheets are team not sheet. real anymore. I I see stuff on those team sheets. Uh, like, Corey Durden got subbed out with a shoulder uh, two weeks ago against Adelaide and he was managed. I saw someone a few weeks ago who was. He might have been a Jim West player. Got injured and subbed out and was listed as omitted. And I'm like, no, they weren't. <laughs> Omitted, saw- by, omitted by force. <laughs> yes, I saw their ankle, like, bend the wrong way. <laughs> oh, omitted. Uh, anyway, you wanted a short episode. Well, it's been one of the longest ones yet. So. Um, we always say that, and then we'll be corrected. There's a 42 minute. All right, sure. Yeah, thanks, Beth. <laughs> All right, well, that was it for the uh, Back Pocket uh, podcast, the penultimate episode of the season. The penultimate episode of uh, the season. We've got. Look forward to next week's ultimate episode of the season. Is that the opposite of penultimate? No, we're doing. Tune in um, to find out. Back pocket super next week. <laughs> no, we are recording live from uh, Cadinia Park, ready to ambush Tom Brass to at least get two words from him yeah, on the well, podcast. You've, you've got to stop Tom Brass from. You've got to get Tom Brass to stop Hawkins from King 10 goals. Uh, to save Curto. Could you imagine if Hawkins kicks 10 goals He's never Brass, seven and then Brass wins the Defender Award? Oh, that'd be so funny. All right. Well, I am going to have to go stop <laughs> Tom Hawkins <laughs> for our own square. sake. Tom, which one? <laughs> uh, You're an idiot. See you next week. Bye.